0: Freeze a jolly good fellow. All uh, right. What did the wise men say when they offered their gifts, after they offered their gifts of gold and frankincense? Wait, there's myrrh. All right. You got a Bible? Open with me to Luke chapter 2 this morning. We're in Luke 2 this morning. Uh, we're can. Continuing our series that we've been talking about the heroes of the Christmas story of the people of the Christmas story and um, I I um, I wanted to be very very clear today with what I want to talk to you about and what I want to talk to you about is um, Seeing the future moving to the future Not just staying where you are but moving to the future And so I ask you a question. Have you ever been so distracted that you weren't looking where you were going? Anybody ever been there? I happened to get a video of you. So let's just... The one that got me is the dude that tripped and fell, but immediately went back to his phone. Did y'all see that? All right. So this is how I feel in today's world. I feel like in today's world, we're so distracted with what we're looking down at that we're losing ourselves. And um, I really want to talk to you today about how to have a clear direction for your life. And you can't be looking down if you're going to be going forward. You can't be looking down if you're going to be going forward. You're going to run into something. At some point, we have to quit looking down. I don't know what the down for you is, if it's your phone or if it's your past that causes you to view life this way. Or what's even worse this time of year is people who are looking this way. You're looking behind. You're looking at... All the other things that happened that put you in a place well you know if you're consumed with the past you're not living today because driving in a rearview mirror is not a good way to drive down the road right all right so your focus is wrong if your focus is wrong you're missing the blessings that are directly in front of you and I think in our culture can I just call a spade a spade in our culture Christmas has become an idol Because it's not about Christmas anymore It's not about the birth of Jesus It's about the perfect party It's about having the perfect gift Or getting the perfect gift Or having the perfect Christmas outfit Or whatever The perfect Christmas dinner The perfect Christmas gathering Uh, How many of you know The perfect Christmas gathering never happens Because you showed up So So What I I would like to do today is I would like to go back to the original Christmas message The original Christmas message was comfort and peace to the oppressed Comfort and peace to the oppressed So our protagonist today is a lady named Anna We're gonna look at Anna and um, Anna had experienced loss Anna had experienced probably poverty because she was a widow, we'll find out. In those days, if you were a lady with no family and uh, no husband, and you were an older lady, you had no way of support, and often there was poverty and there was loss that she lost her husband early, we're gonna find out. She probably had need in her life, and this lady, in this moment of grief and sorrow, instead of living her life looking back or looking around, she chose to look ahead. So, I'm going to ask you, if you would, to stand in honor of God's Word. Now, um, I have never preached a sermon on Anna before, so you're getting my first, all right? In case you're wondering, uh, if I just recycle sermons, I don't. (laughs) Uh, I, I believe a good chef bakes fresh and so I bake fresh for you guys all the time. If God's not continuing to talk to me, well, then what would I have to say to you? So uh, if this one isn't perfect, that's all right, because I've only got five verses to work with. <laughs> Y'all ready? Luke two thirty six. There was also a prophet. What was she? Wow. We'll talk about that. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel. Of the tribe of Asher. She was, what was she? She wasn't just old, she was very old. And she had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. Now, there, wait, let's back up here. There are some um, um, potential differences in this text. Um, either it says, um, there are variant readings, either she was a Girl who got married lived with her husband for seven years and then was a widow until she was 84 or it says that she was a young girl She lived with her husband seven years and then she had been a widow for 84 years now that that. So in other words She was very old (laughs) if if that's the case right. She might have been a hundred plus All right. I just wanted to show you that even if she was a hundred plus Maybe God's not done with you yet because you think you're old. All right. She never, what what did she do? She never left the temple. But what did she do night and day? Come on, what did she do night and day? She worshiped. She fasted and she prayed. Now, she could have done a lot of things with her time, but she chose to worship, to fast, and to pray. Coming up to them, At that very moment, we'll talk about that as well. She gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were doing what? Come on, here's my two key words. To all who were looking forward. To all, she's 84 at the youngest, and she's talking about looking forward. Not backwards, not around, forward. To all who are looking forward to the redemption of Israel, I pray today, God, that you'd speak to our hearts, and I pray in this space, in this place, Jesus, you would be Lord by your power in the name of Jesus. Amen, amen. Turn, say hi to somebody. Tell them they look good. Take two minutes if you need to. But uh, Nobody be alone today. Hey, if you're online, it's good to see you. So I want to talk to you about three ways. Anna was an example. Try to do this fast today. Uh, Anna was an example, first of all, in devotion to devotion to God. What you probably don't read, with, unless you do like I did and went to all these commentaries and started doing some reading, is there's a lot of intertextuality here. What this means is, is that the story we have actually finds its basis and its structure and the way that it's structured together and placed in the story all the way back in the story of another Anna. Except we call her Hannah because Anna in the Greek is Hannah in the Hebrew. So, what did, what what Luke did in the first couple of chapters of Luke is he literally went back to the Old Testament story of the first prophet, that of Samuel, and he pulled the story and he used it as a structure in which to put the story of Jesus. Now, when I was talking about this with my wife, she says, what is the significance of that? It's a great question. What is the significance of that? And I would say this, okay? I, I wish I could just leave that there and let you go find out for yourself. But most of you wouldn't do that. You'd just let the question go over your head. And so what's the significance? Is that the new prophet coming to start a new prophetic day is born and the message and the shape is very similar to the original prophet who started the prophetic move in ministry. There is a intertextuality on purpose because Luke is saying something new is coming, and it's here in Jesus. Now, all right. So her name in Anna's name is a Greek name, Anna. If she were using her Hebrew name, it would be Hannah, and that's First Samuel chapter one and two. Uh, by the way, Hannah was a prophetess. Anna is a prophetess. Hannah gave a song. And on Christmas Eve, we're going to look at Mary's song that very closely resembles and finds a stratus in Hannah's song. Uh, There's so much there. Uh, I'll I'll move on. Father's name was Peniel. Peniel is the place. So Anna's dad's name is named after the place where Jacob got the name Israel. Are y'all following me here? There's a lot of history going on here. Sometimes we read the New Testament, and I, I heard one guy one time, he read the New Testament, and he asked somebody, they gave him a New Testament, and he read, where's the rest of this book? He read the New Testament and said, where's the rest? Because there's a lot of referencing back because God has been laying a foundation for thousands of years through a people called Israel that is now fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Anna was 84, and I, I was... Reading something and it just sort of struck me that 84 is 12 sevens And if you know anything about biblical numerology and i'm not big into numerology uh, trust me I'm, not big into numerology, but when you find a 7 12 times 12 is seven's the number of perfect and completion and 12 is the number of all the tribes and all that stuff So she was 84 which is 7 12s It is interesting, isn't it? It's sort of like there's some, it's sort of like God had been planning this for a long time. (laughs) You know, the Bible says very clearly that in the fullness of time, Jesus came, right? You think God knew not only when Jesus would be born, but he knew when Anna would be born? Maybe he knew when Anna would be born, so if she kept looking forward, she'd be at the right place at the right time to have her name in your Bible. An old lady who everybody would look at and thought she was done. But she was doing what? She was looking All right. She devoted her entire life to serving God and his people. So she spent all of her time fasting and praying, worshiping in the temple. We'll talk about her devotion and her practice in a second. But I want to show you. Um... um, This is a cultural thing as well first Timothy chapter 5 verse 5 Paul the Jewish writer is writing about something That was a Jewish pattern and he's saying to the churches that he's established He said a widow who's really in need and left all alone puts her hope in God continues night and day to pray and to ask God for help Does that sound just like Anna? Hmm. All right, so there's a lot of inner when you read the Bible and you pull one verse out of context. I, I read a meme yesterday said, I can do all things by pulling one verse out of context. It's meant, the Bible's meant to be read as a whole. And part of our problem with this, y'all ready? Y'all, can I talk to those of you that are, that are struggling with God or the Bible and that kind of stuff for just a second? Because I've been through it. If you pull a few verses out of context and you don't take the whole thing as a big picture, you will never, ever understand the purpose of God or the Bible. You've got to view it all together, not apart and apart and apart. And our problem is we're devotional people rather than Christians. You know what devotional people are? People that read one verse for the day and think that's good enough. But one verse out of context is only going to goof you up. All right, so Anna is an example of complete devotion to God. She did a few things. She practiced spiritual disciplines. So can I talk to you about some spiritual disciplines she practiced? First of all, she was faithful to the house of God. Luke 2.37, she never left the temple. So she was faithful to God's house. Um, I know we live in a culture in a world... And I know it's first service, but can I preach to the choir for a second? Would y'all let me just preach to the choir? Sure. Everybody go, whoo! No, i didn't. Just... <laughs> all right, you're in the choir. Listen listen to me. We live in a culture now that they tell me, this is what church people, you know, the, the people that work with churches and do all the uh, consulting and stuff. They say that the average person now comes to church one time a month. And I just want to tell you, That if you're in the house of God, which is this gathering of people, not this building, but this gathering of people, if you're only there once a month, you're going to constantly be struggling in your faith. You need the gathering of the people of God together. Okay? So she was constantly in the place where God was worshiped. She was fasting. Now, we're going to talk about this real soon because in January, we're going to do 21 days of fasting. Yay. Oh, boy. 20, you mean I'm supposed to do without food 21 days? Well, yeah. If not complete, absolute fast, take some time. Uh, take a meal a day. Do give up anything that you like to eat and only like vegetables and drink water. I don't know. That's called the Daniel fast. But we're going to have 21 days of prayer and fasting. And we're going to have a sign-up real soon. It's going to be online. We've got a daily video. We're in a journey of discovering who Jesus is. And for 21 days, I want you to find out who Jesus is. And we're going to be on this journey of discovery. encourage you to be a part of it. So put your calendars. Put it on your calendars. From the 7th through the 28th, we're going to have 21 days of prayer and fasting. Great way to start your year. All right? Fasting. Um, prayer. Okay. All right, I'm supposed to talk about prayer a little later later in my message can I just talk about prayer now for a second You'll be all right with this prayer We we really really struggle with what prayers because a lot of us think prayer is because there's so many urges in the Bible To ask and you will receive seek and you will find knock and the door will be open to you Which is progressively, you know, you ask first you seek is a little more aggressive Knocking is even more aggressive. We're to get more aggressive in our prayers Some of you think we're supposed to get less aggressive, but you need to get more aggressive in your prayers. But a lot of us think prayer is just simply a laundry list of something, or it's a rote saying of this or that or the other. Do you know what prayer really is all about at its core? Prayer at its core is like talking to somebody you love. Now, I don't talk to my wife um, just so I can get things from her. I talk to her because she is my companion and my friend, and I actually, y'all ready for this? I like her. All right. And I want to be with her because I like her. So we talk together because we like each other. Prayer is that kind of communication. And if all your prayers are, are you giving God a laundry list? Well, then you're not actually praying. You're more like being a pedantic little child demanding or sitting on Santa's, uh, uh, Santa's lap at the mall and saying, I want, I want, I want, I want. And what God would like from you is sometimes to say, hey, God, what do you want? just think about what prayer would be if you were in discussion with the most powerful person in the entire universe and he wants to talk to you would you just talk to him and a lot of you think you got to bow down on your knees and repeat the same prayer the same way listen 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 me and this is what i say sometimes to my staff me and dad got to go have a talk about family business take a walk and talk to God. Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him, right? He walked with God. Adam and Eve walked with God in the garden. Walk. walk. Spend some time just I don't I don't care what you do. What I would like you to do is talk to God, quit trying to talk him into everything and let him talk you into a few things in your prayer. And then worship and thanksgiving. What is that? Well, she gave thanks to God. She was a worshipper. She was a scribe at worship by definition is ascribing worth to someone. Worship, worship. you're ascribing worth. So when you're worshiping God, what you're doing is you're telling him why he is worthy of your praise. So maybe you wanna start your times of prayer with a short time where you simply acknowledge who you're talking to. You acknowledge him by saying, God, you're mighty. You're powerful. You're awesome. You're loving. You're kind. You're big. I'm little. Oh, sorry. What was that? What Veggie Tales? -tales, Yes. We have a generation growing up that does not know the power of Veggie Tales, and my heart breaks. All right. So. she also gave thanks what is thanksgiving thanksgiving is simply telling god what you're thankful for i was listening last night to it raining did anybody wake up in the middle of the night and hear it raining and you know what i thought thank you god i do not live in a tent right thank you god my roof works it's cold out there i'm warm in here and i'm dry and i like that when was the last time you woke up in the middle of the night and just started thanking god for something Last night, yeah. I thank God every night for indoor plumbing. Hallelujah. All right, I'm old. It's every night now. Ah, <laughs> uh, twice. <laughs> twice. Wow. All right. So why why am I spending all this time on spiritual disciplines? I I figured I'd get more into this message, but I'll just stop if I don't get enough I want to talk to you about spiritual disciplines for a second and the reason Anna I believe the example of Anna was her spiritual disciplines Jesus invites us into rest. Jesus said come unto me all you who are weary and Burdened and I will give you what rest, rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am hum, uh, gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I, I find a, a problem in Christianity today is we're so much like the world that we don't enter into Jesus' rest. Um, so, the other day, my wife and I were watching TV. This was just set it up. We're watching TV, and it, there was a football game on, I believe. And um, my daughter and son-in-law were sitting there with it. It was a basketball game. We're watching a basketball game. And, uh, you know, we're going along a little bit later. I hear Robin singing the Burger King song. <laughs> and I said, what are you doing singing the Burger King song? And she said, I don't know. It's just stuck in my head. <laughs> and I said, that's because... Ten minutes ago, there was a Burger King commercial on the TV, and now you've got the song, Have It Your Way, or whatever it was, stuck in your head from ten minutes ago of advertising. And you didn't even cognitively make the connection that it was going on. And I got to thinking and I'm doing some reading and as I'm reading about these things and I'm thinking about these things, you see thousands of images every day. And if you're on your phone, now you can't, if you're on social media, you get advertisements every single second. Are y'all following me? You get advertisements on your TV, you get advertisements on your phone, you get advertisements on your radio, you get advertisements when you're driving down the street, you get advertisements on the backs of people's car. Are are y'all with me? We get these messages 10,000 times a day that this is what life should look like. And what happens is we get pressed and pressed and pressed and pressed and pressed and pressed by the culture. This is what we should look like. And we never find the rest of God for our souls. And the reason we never find the rest of God for our souls is we never do the very first three words. And what we do is we live our lives coming to the radio and the television and whoever our podcaster is or whatever it is that we're doing, we live our lives going there and we wonder why we have no rest in our souls. The reason is, is that we're looking the wrong places for rest. Jesus said, come unto me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I We'll give you rest. So what was Anna doing? How did Anna stay emotionally healthy enough that at 84 years of age, she was not moaning about her life and her loss and those kind of things, but instead she was looking forward. How did she do this? Because she kept coming to God. That's what spiritual disciplines are for. We spend... All right, so anybody ever have a computer that like you ask it to do too much too fast and they get the spinny wheel? Anybody ever have that? All right, can you please, please allow yourself to have a spinny wheel inside? You never slow down to allow the spinny wheel of God's presence to help you process all the things you're throwing into your mind and your heart. The only way you can do that, y'all ready for this? Y'all ready? I wake up in the morning, and the emails are coming at me. And of course, Facebook has to be checked to see who pinged me because Messenger, I got people that only talk to me on Messenger. Please use my email. I hate Messenger. (laughs) (laughs) Amen. And if you text me, I will respond because I care. If you text me, it better be more important than an email. And if you call me, I will answer because it's very important. Are y'all getting where I'm going here? It better be important if you call me. You can text me. It's important. You email me. That's something we got to deal with, and I will deal with it next week when I'm sitting at my computer. Do you, have, do you have stuff like that in your life, or you just answer everything all the time, or you ignore it all, and then you wonder why people are frustrated with you because you ignore them. You leave them on read for three days. Do you know, do you know why you're doing this? It's very, very clear. I didn't, I didn't mean, yeah, I did. I, this is my note, I did. I want to talk to you about emotional health. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why you don't have rest for your soul and why anxiety grows is because everything is just as important as everything else. And you need to set some priority levels of where your importance lies. And when I wake up in the morning, God's word is the most important thing in my life. That's first, before all the other stuff. Because, I don't know about you, but I get this, it's got to be done. Does anybody else get that? If you do, say amen, so I know I'm not. All right. I got to do this, I got to do that. And the first thing I want to do, you ready? What first thing I want to do is I want to go to God, like Anna, and spend some time in worship, and prayer, and thanksgiving, And I want to spend time in the scriptures that turn my heart and my mind toward Christ. So spiritual disciplines require you to disconnect from the world and connect to God. They require you to disconnect from the world and connect to God. Power supply, anybody have a, a phone or something? And you want to charge like your phone, you're on a trip, you want to charge your phone and your iPad at the same time? You can't like plug them both at the same time. You've got to disconnect and connect, disconnect and connect. You can't charge them both at the same time. You can't charge your soul and your to-do list at the same time. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 9. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. God has a rest for you. For anyone who enters the rest also rest from their works, just as God did from his. Let us then, this is not passive. You have to be aggressive. Let us then make every effort to enter that rest. Maybe this is just me. This time of year, I am spazzed to the hilt because we did two parties this past week. We're doing all the blah, 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 and blah, 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 and the, part the Christmas thing before. Anybody else get spazzed this time of year? All right, I get spazzed. I'm like, I get frustrated. I got to come up with sermons out of one chapter. There's basically three chapters in the entire Bible, 169 verses, for which all Christmas sermons must come. <laughs> <laughs> Creativity year after year after year after year after year. I mean, think. think sorry, it's anyway. The reason I say that is, at some point, you have to disconnect from all of that and connect to God. I, did Deborah, have y'all heard me? Yes. All right, can I move on? Yes. All right, good. Um, oh, I can't move on until I say this. You got to renew your mind. How do you renew your mind? You quit putting the wrong inputs in, and you put the right puts in, inputs in, and you renew your mind. Quiet scriptures prayer Um, slow down a little bit and refocus, shift to thanksgiving and worship, get to know God. And and I wanted to say this, Jesus came so we could know God and be in relationship with him. And the most important part of spiritual disciplines, and I got to preach this, and then I think I may just leave the other rest of my sermon gone. The most important part of spiritual discipline is this, staying connected to God for long periods of time even when you don't want to. Um, I talked to three people last weekend, three men actually, last weekend, and they all said the same thing to me. I've been really trying and God's not answering. I'm like, well, how long have you been trying? All three of them, it was under a month. <laughs> Hold on, did y'all hear what I just said? All three of them, it was under a month. I've been really trying, and God's not doing anything. It's under a month, dude. Come on. And, and this is what I would like to say to you. If you really want, if you want to follow God, take Anna's example. 84 years of following God, looking forward to a redemption that wasn't there. long obedience in the right direction brings great rewards stop this short obedience thing and do it for a long time because the real effect of faithfulness is in 20 or 30 years not in two or three days I she was spirit-led I I, I just want to tell you she was spirit-led Luke 2 27 she was moved by the Spirit she was in the right place the right time Luke 2 38 coming up to them at that very moment She was spirit-led She was a prophet. I needed to say this Anna was a prophet. I did some looking in the Bible In Judges 4 4 Deborah was a prophet 2nd Kings twenty two fourteen, 14 Huldah was a prophet um, Acts twenty one nine. Philip had four unmarried daughters who prophesied. They were prophets. First Corinthians eleven five, a woman who prays or prophesied. What what is this? I just wanted to let you know that ladies, it's all right for you to be a prophet. It's not just a dude's job. And any message that tells you sit down and shut up is probably not in alignment with the Bible. Unless, of course, you're doing it to control. And if you're doing it to control, sit down and shut up. <laughs> if you're directed by God, oh, by the way, guys, if you're doing it to control, sit down and shut up. But, all right. She spoke prophetically. Can I, I, I wanted to say this real quick. Older women have always carried the church. It's always been this way. Older women have always been the ones that have prayed, that fasted, that they're the ones that are devoted. They're the ones that give their Social Security checks when the people making the big bucks are given $10 and they're given the true tithe. The kingdom of God's been built on older women for for decades. And can we just throw some respect to the women of faith who have been pure, who are godly, who continue to do the right thing. And I just want to throw some respect to you. And I want to say to you, if you're an older lady and you've been faithful and you've been loyal and you're a woman of God and you keep doing the right thing, I don't care if you're 115. I thank God for you. Amen. Yes. Can I say one other thing about that real quick? It's the reason we have a room back there that I've asked that only grandmas go in. It's the newborn baby hold'em room. I've asked that only grandmas work that room. Do you know why? Because there's mom going to walk in there one day that her her hair, she's pulling it out. She's got kids. She's not sure she can make it tomorrow. And that grandma's going to say to her, honey, you can make it because I did too because the church still needs the prophetic voice of an older lady to make it through. I want to say one more thing about that, though. She didn't become sour in her old age, and she didn't become controlling in her old age. She was still moved by the Spirit, not her spirit. We need, we need, To be spirit led. And last of all, she was looking forward. Um, During COVID, COVID was a little rough on me as a leader. Um, It was rough on me as a leader. Imagine almost all your church disappearing and what happened and all that. And it seemed the only ones that didn't care about COVID were older people. (laughs) I'm serious. I'm allowed to say this stuff now, right, in reflection. So we held a men's retreat, sort of the end of the COVID thing, you know. We held a men's retreat, and I looked around the room, and every guy in the room was 50 years of age or older. And I almost quit that night. The reason I almost quit is I said to God, God, if we're not impacting the next generation, I don't want to be a part of that. And God spoke to me. And he said, these youngsters need you. They need you to be an example of loving your wife for a long time. They need you to be an example of financial faithfulness rather than cheating and lying and stealing. They need you to be an example of what it means to love and to care for people who don't look, act, or talk like you. Listen to me, older generation. We have a generation right now that they're struggling bad. And they need our prayers. And they need our love. And they need our attention. And they need our faithfulness. Because the next generation needs to look up to somebody or look forward to somebody that's leading the path the right way. So if you got issues, deal with it, buddy. There's people behind you that need you to lead the right path. All right. I'm going to end. So the band's going to come up. And I have no idea about this altar time today. Holy Spirit started talking to me earlier. I think it was the Holy Spirit, either that or it was bad pizza. (laughs) But I haven't eaten pizza in a while, so. I I was reading this book, it's called uh, The One Jesus Loves, and uh, found this story that just sort of fit this, if y'all are all right. A son can fill a mother's heart with absolute joy, sometimes great pain. One struggling mother named Monica, I'm going to just read it because it's so good the way he wrote it, Monica prayed often for her son that he would become a Christ follower. Monica's husband, however, was not a Christian, and sometimes he mocked her prayers for her son as futile. Unfortunately, the son inherited his father's cynicism and yet also had an astonishingly brilliant mind. His prayers, uh, his parents worked to send him off to school where he distinguished himself as an intellectual. Even though her son's knowledge increased, his faith diminished further. In one exchange with his mother, his mother Monica, he told her he had determined that Christ was not divine or God incarnate. And his words and his unbelief, though articulate in delivery, devastated his mother, still she continued to pray. To make matters worse, the son decided to move in with his girlfriend and the two of them had a son out of wedlock. And when the mother sought the counsel of her minister about the prodigal son, this is what her, I I love this, her pastor said to her, the son of so many tears could never come to destruction. So for many, many years, she continued to pray. She continued to pray. Monica the mom I mentioned earlier in this chapter Got much older and she continued to pray for her wayward son Eventually he became frustrated with his life of sin and made uh, And with the life he had made for himself questioning God more vigorously He went back to church and started to read the Bible One day he came to his mother to inform her that he had received Christ as a Savior and on Easter that year She watched her son and her grandson get baptized that autumn She breathed her last and slipped into the arms of the one she had prayed so much for her son. By the way, you might know her son by one name, Augustine. St. Augustine, where would we be if a mom in her old age hadn't continued to pray faithfully? I just want to issue an encouragement to you today she prayed for years and years and years the whole time looking forward to the redemption of her son like Anna who years and years and years prayed looking forward to the redemption of Israel and I don't care what you're praying for that isn't happening now the story's not over yet and that is a word from God to me. The story isn't over yet. God's still writing it. And one day, one day, every one of those prayers are going to be answered because the prayers offered with this many tears will be heard. Amen. All right. Oh, man. I don't know how to do this. Can I just follow the leading of what I think the Holy Spirit's saying? I'm not saying the Holy Spirit's saying. I'm saying what I think the Holy Spirit's saying. Um, I think we got some prayer teams. Come on up, guys, prayer teams. Get on up there. This is how we're going to end. I'm going to encourage you to find God for yourself. I know I'm supposed to give an altar call to invite you to get saved right now. I'm not going to do that. I want you to find God for yourself. He's fully available. We got a Bible. These guys up here will help you find a Bible. We'll show you where to read in the Bible. I want you to find God for yourself. Now, some of you need to disconnect from the world and connect to God this week. And some of you are not going to do that because you've allowed the powers of darkness. Jesus went around everywhere and everywhere he went, He cast out demons in the name of Jesus. And some of you have become demonized. I don't know if this is for one or for all of you. I don't care. I'm going to do what God told me to do. You've allowed those powers of darkness into your soul. And you have allowed the darkness of hell to have control of you. And you may not be falling on the ground frothing from your lips but every time you go near a computer you're frothing from your lips or every time you get a call or a text or whatever it may be you are demonized the powers of hell have control over you with your anger with your lust with your pride with your greed with your anxiety I don't know what it is but I wanted to tell you today I woke up this morning. This was my prayer from the moment I've awakened this morning, that it is your day to be free if you want to be free. So I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet around this room. If you walked in here today under the power of the devil, everybody just, come on, let's just focus on God right now. Holy Spirit, come fill this place. Come fill this room. There, are, there are people that the devil is beating them up, and they're allowing it. They're, the Bible says to resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And, and it is time for us to quit giving place to the demons of hell, and it is time to find freedom in the name of Jesus. So right now. In the name of Jesus, every person in this room that's proclaiming they want freedom and they're calling out to you in repentance right now, Jesus, I pray alcoholism be broken right now in the name of Jesus Christ. The demonic spirit of alcoholism be broken in the name of Jesus. Right now, the demonic spirit of porn be broken in the name of Jesus Christ. Right now, the demonic spirit of depression and anxiety be broken in the name of Jesus right now suicidal thoughts be broken in the name of Jesus right now We command you, powers of darkness, you must leave in the name of Jesus, the Lord of lords. We submit to the Lord, we resist the devil, and you must flee from us. So flee right now in the name of Jesus. You have no right, no place, or no space. And those that are tormented, they walked in this room tormented, they're going to walk free in the name of Jesus. In this way. Um, if you want somebody to pray with you, the prayer team is going to be here. The band's going to play like this for a little bit. And um, yeah, if you need to go, go. But you want to stay, these altars are open. You've got people to pray with you, all right? God bless you. Lord bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you and grant you peace in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you guys.